Good evening, church. Thank you, kids, for leading us in that. I was just, um, Kim had posted a couple of days or maybe a week ago or something on um, just kind of our, our Christmas Eve gatherings throughout the years, and one was three years ago when a bunch of the same kids, they're just like all two feet taller now. That was getting me. That was good. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for doing that and taking the time to prepare and rehearse that. Thank you for joining us this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve to you. Can I be real for a second? I'm going to be real. At night, I can't see anyone. <laughs> so I'm going to need to rely on like some voices and movement to make sure that I can, I can hear, I can know you're with me. Uh, my name is Mark. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're watching online, welcome. I serve as one of the pastors here. It's great to be with you. And um, Merry Christmas Eve indeed. This is a great time. Good to be worshiping with you this evening. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the very last book of the Bible, which is Revelation, where we're going to be focusing our attention on the very last chapter of the very last book, of the Bible, which is chapter 22. We're going to be putting our attention in verses 16 through 17. And if you're familiar with Revelation, with the book of Revelation, this might be kind of a weird book for Advent. Does it have dragons? Yes. Is it apocalyptic? Yes. Is it kind of weird? Yes. All the makings for a perfect Christmas Eve gathering message. Am I right? You're going to have to say amen because I can't see you. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I am actually, though, I'm not going to bring up any of these things. Instead, we're going to focus on what we all came here tonight to focus on, which is Jesus and the declarations that he makes throughout the scriptures that apply to us. The announcement of Advent the invitation of Advent and the celebration of Advent, which is why we're all here. The season of Advent is a season that we look back in awe at Jesus' birth as his first Advent here on earth and as we walk, faith, walk in faith as we anticipate his second Advent. But in Revelation 22, we're invited to hear the announcement of Jesus through, by his own voice, Jesus himself, and to accept the invitation of the gospel that he shares and gives us, that he himself has brought and celebrate the Savior and his birth and his second coming. So whatever reason that you're here, whether it be with family and friends, whether it be coming and worshiping with us, Advent has something for us all. It's a time when we can lay aside all of the distractions that the world has and focus in on the goodness of our Lord Jesus. So let's pray. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the time that we have to worship your son, Jesus. God, I pray that as we focus our attention on your scriptures tonight, that you would open our ears, open our eyes and our hearts to receive your word to meditate on the goodness of our Lord and to celebrate not only his first coming here on earth,
but his second coming as well. We love you in Christ's precious name. Amen. The Bible tells us that everything begins and ends with an announcement. In Genesis chapter 1, God himself is doing something. Darkness covers the earth, then suddenly light dawns. And the darkness is now filled with the light of God. There's an announcement. God speaks. And that's significant to us, and that captures our attention to see a world dark, covered by water, and the Spirit hovering over it for suddenly a burst of light to come forth, and then creation is all of a sudden made. But then, as you, if you move in a bit more into the creation story, after this announcement, you soon discover that when sin entered into the world, a new form of darkness was brought in. It wasn't just a physical darkness like night. It was now a, a spiritual darkness, a darkness of the soul. But God, again, makes the announcement. He is doing something. And he himself will bring the light to a world that is snared in not only the physical darkness, but the spiritual as well. The promise of God at work is the thread that moves God's people and instills in them something super important for us to recognize, which is hope. God is at work and brings hope to his people when he makes this announcement. And at, over the course of time, this group of people, Israel, they begin to wait on this Lord who continues to make promise after promise to them. And these promises aren't just Regular promises, these are covenant promises. This is a covenant between God and his people. This is on God's behalf speaking to his people. And his people begin to wait and hope with this promise that God is going to do something, that this announcement that he made will be fulfilled. Numbers 24, it says, I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob, and a scepter will arise from Israel. He will smash the forehead of Moab and strike down all the Shethites. We begin to see in the Old Testament promise, the promise that God has for his people coming into the fulfillment of an image of this star. And this star has this correlation with God himself, with the hope shining in the darkness. Numbers is one of those moments that we get to see that. But what this shows us, and something that I want us to meditate on tonight, is as we are thinking and considering what God has done for us this past year, 
the question I have for you is, is hope one of the words that comes up into your mind? Is hope some, a theme, a common thread that you have seen throughout your past year? Or is it something, is hope something that needs God's light to shine in on so that you can look forward with anticipation to the next year? Wherever you're at, I think I'm kind of there with you on either end. I think this year I have had many moments where hope has arisen in a new way within me, that the Spirit has shown me a new sense, a new dynamic or angle of hope that I haven't had before. And then I've had other moments where hope feels like that's not even a a word in Mark's dictionary, that I'm looking around but I can't see it. Whether you're there or whether you're here, the promise that we have is that the light has come, that Jesus did come, and that hope that we see in the, New Test- in the Old Testament is reflected in the person of Christ in the New. I don't think I've ever focused more on hope than I have in these past few years, and particularly this last year. But... Like the prophets, it's good for us to remember God's announcement that the Messiah would right all the wrongs in the world and bring everlasting peace to us. And tonight is the reminder of that again. God delivered on his announcement. The light was coming. Matthew 2 we get to see this happen and come to fruition even more. When the, when the Magi are come to King Herod and they say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Then again, they say in, chapter, in uh, verse 9, and after hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Finally, after thousands of years, Israel had finally seen the light that they were waiting for. The advent that God had promised years and years before and had hoped for was finally here. I love what G. Campbell Morgan says, where he says, at the heart of the Old Testament may be found the question, what is man? But at the heart of the New Testament, is the great exclamation, behold the man. And let's read Revelation 22, verse 16, where Jesus shares this announcement of Advent, where he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Friends, it was God's love 
for us that compelled him to send his son to be the savior of the world and to instill in us a hope that will never, that will never perish or never fade. And that's the beauty of the announcement because the announcement of Advent equips us with far more than we, than we think we need. But all the, the things necessary to sustain us to move forward in faith. God maintained his promise to us. And as we look back in this last year, Advent is meant for us to cause by not looking back at our disappointments, but looking back on his movements. Amen? You're there. I see, I can't see you, but you're, I, I hear you. Advent causes us to move, look back and then move forward in faith. The announcement of Advent also brings with it an invitation of Advent. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at verse 17. And this is the part that, I, that hit me. Because as Jesus is in, the, in with all of his authority... Now, remember the context of this is the last book. So this is post-cross. He is speaking to, to John to share to the people of what his second coming is going to be. And by his authority, he is announcing who he is. And this is the very next thing he says to us. Verse 17, both the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty Come, let the one who desires take the water of life freely. Jesus is so quick to invite you into his presence. So many people criticize the gospel because they believe it's an unwelcoming message. They believe it's a, a, a message that's cold. That's one that's exclusive. But that could be further from the truth. There are far more invitations by God himself that invite warmth, that invite nourishment, that invite rest, that invite life than judgment. The Bible assumes we are going through a hard time. Let me say that one more time. The Bible assumes that you are going through a hard time and that you are in place and in need of a Savior. And Jesus is so quick to come near to those who are weary, to those who are burdened, to those who are looking back on a year and trying to find the light that has come. And in that moment, listen to Jesus' words. Come, drink from the water of life. You don't have to be thirsty. John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus says, whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water will give him, 
and will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Now, as, as we consider that, I also want you to consider John chapter 7, where Jesus says the same thing, but he says it with, with even more passion. John chapter 7, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within them. That's a beautiful thing to consider as we think about how Jesus came to the earth. Needy, helpless, totally dependent on others. To where now he invites us to come to him. Needy, thirsty, dependent, completely on him. And within these themes that we see that were shared in the scriptures, they all lead us to something miraculous, which is the celebration of Advent. And I say it's miraculous because of our natural disposition to not celebrate things when we should, to be distracted, to grow comfortable in the darkness. But God calls us to so much more and invites us to celebrate Advent. But if I'm honest with you, friends, I haven't really felt the celebration of Christmas. It was a bit delayed for me this year. Normally, my Christmas celebration starts in September. I get pumped up. I get ready to go. Thanksgiving is just a passing holiday that just leads me into my Christmas preparations. But this year, it was a little weird because normally I, I pride myself in hanging up and being like the brightest house on our block. And I'm always the first one to put up my lights. But this year, when I put up my lights, only one quarter of them turned on. And the rest of them are dark. So now I am the most awkward house on our block. That dampened my celebration, but we still had our Christmas tree that we got to hang up and we still got to put, put, put together. And that we get really excited about because we do that like ne next day, day after Thanksgiving. We put up our Christmas tree and we get it decorated. But my celebrations of Advent were, were thwarted yet again by our new puppy who ate half of our Christmas tree ornaments. So now, if you were to go to my house... There is only one little quarter top of a decorated Christmas tree. The rest of it's just a tree. It's, it's sad. I look at it, and I'm, and I'm challenged to celebrate. But alas, here we are, thankfully, on Christmas Eve, where I can look back at even a season and find goodness of God in it. I can look at the tree that's mostly undecorated and I could see it as a disappointment or I could remember God's goodness in the time that he had brought me to spend with my family. I could look at my lights and I could be disappointed, especially and unmotivated because I never took them down or I could think about the goodness of God in his time that I got to share with our neighbors and laugh about it. 
and compliment their lights for the first time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Advent is the time when the celebration that we have is not just for tomorrow, but it's one that we can look back on this last month, this last year, this last several years, and see the thread of hope, the good that God has brought us, and celebrate that all of it happened, all of it is possible because Jesus came and Jesus is coming again. Sometimes Christmas isn't what we thought it would be, but we have a Savior who empathizes with us. And more importantly, who came to deliver us from all that ails us. Isaiah 25 says, He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. I love, and I love what Andrew Peterson, an author, says. He says, if the gospel is true, then it matters in all of time and space. From a thousand years ago at the Norman conquest of England to ten minutes ago when I ate a cookie. The gospel matters even here, even now. The gospel matters, even here, even now. Christmas is not only a celebration of Jesus' first advent in Bethlehem, but a celebration of his second advent when he will make all things new. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Revelation 7, for the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of waters of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Our Savior is not distant, but close. He is not inconvenienced to carry your upcoming burdens, and He wasn't inconvenienced to carry them before. He isn't burdened but glad to wipe away your tears. Our Savior, who is carried carried by his mother and born helpless, carries us in our helplessness and reignites our hope. In every season, Christ is lighting our way and shining in the darkness. The light has come. Amen, church? Amen. Let's pray.